We're going to roll through 2021, just like 2021 rolled through all of us. <laughs> and uh, we're going to revisit some of the highlights, but also tie it into our, either our own nostalgia or what we might be nostalgic for at a later date. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is F- right across the board. Nostalgia? Huh? Future nostalgia? Like Dua Lipa? Yeah. Is like, that 2021 though? No, I think it's 2020. <laughs> anyway, Sorry. I was wondering if I was hey, going to be on your list, but I was like, shit, I don't know. Well, all fairness, I think the last three years, are safe to say, have been a bit of a blur <laughs> right across the world. Yeah. Yeah. So. We'll just mesh it all together. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. It feels like, yeah, it feels like an episode of Black Mirror. I'm just waiting for the credits to roll. I love Black Mirror. Dun, 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 Nostalgia really whips the llama's ass. Welcome back to Nostalgia Junk Podcast, where one person's junk is another person's childhood. I am Matt Macho Man, Randy Savage, yeah, McGraw, <laughs> yeah, Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> oh my god, that's so perfect. <laughs> and so joining me is. The million dollar man, Jonathan Ted DiBiase Parsons. <laughs> I have a full middle name. I have an entire full name as my middle name. Is it there's is there a space yeah. between Ted and DiBiase or is it just Ted DiBiase? That's one word. Yeah, yeah. It's, one word. It, it's hyphenated, like <laughs> it's hyphenated. like there was a broken marriage or something. Oh, that's <laughs> that, awesome. that got dark. Kyle, the Iron Sheik Smith. I fuck you. There you go. That's it. I fuck your ass, you jabroni motherfucker. Oh, Should have broke your back, Hulk Hogan, and fuck your ass, make you humble. Oh, country way. That's it. Make you humble. Oh, my God. Oh, Him on Howard Stern is just like some of the best stuff oh, ever. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It, it, just because I mean, no filter, like no filter whatsoever. And also it was funny too. They could just like take Sal would just make like call in as a caller, obviously like not a real person yeah. just to get him riled up. And he would never like, he just automatically thought that people were talking shit to him and he would lose his mind, man. Oh uh, like, like, just this, like this blink of an eye. He would go, yeah. Oh, hair trigger. Yeah. Like just complete oh. hair trigger. But see like those old school wrestlers, they're on promo mode all the time. Like they'll, yeah, that's true. they'll tear a strip off of you. Like they're yeah. like, there's a camera on them ready to go. It's amazing. Amazing. Well, there is a funny story. So the old podcast I used to produce front row material, um, um, one of the wrestlers, Mikey, was working for WCW when Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, and all of them left WWF and went over to WCW, the competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, at one end of the bar is Hulk Hogan and his cronies, and the other end of the bar was Macho Man with probably a couple of other people, but just kind of keeping it low-key. Mikey comes over and sits next to Macho Man because that was his boy, and he sits next to him and he's like, hey, Macho, what's happening? And he goes, you see Hulk Hogan over there? And he says, yeah. He goes, do you know why he's over there and I'm over here? (laughs) No, because I don't fucking like him. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. True story. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't really like each other, but they put on good matches that the fans liked. So they knew how to work together, but they didn't like each other because they're two big egos. Yeah. Yeah. Two big heads in the room, right? Each one of them wants to be the the main honcho, the head honcho. Oh, he's thinking, dinking, dinking, yeah. But I mean, that was that. I mean, that 
I did not keep up with wrestling, you know, into my teenage years oh. or my adult years. But man, when I was a kid, like yeah. the late 80s, early 90s, like it was Macho Man and it was Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. And w- Ultimate I, Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. Jake, Jake Roy- yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Like the Nasty Boys, that, the Legion yeah. of Doom, Demolition. Yeah. I yeah, mean, saw Jim Duggan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jake we, the Snake. Yes, of course. Man. Oh, yeah. Andre beyond, the Giant. Beyond the Mat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Bushwhackers. <laughs> oh, yes. The Bushwhackers. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, they were man. They they were brutal back in Australia before Vince got them and made them like a cartoon gimmick. Oh. The last time you went to a movie and you had to tell someone to shut up <laughs> was Dune. Dune? Dune? Okay, yeah. yeah. We went to see Dune. Remember you, Ken, and I? Yeah. Um, and yeah, we were sitting there and the guy like was had just wasn't looking at his phone, but had just just open. Just open. Then the light was going and he'd every so down, like just just look down at it every so often. And I just like, turn off your fucking phone. <laughs> like, and turn off. Did it? Like, and then, oh, like, my, I remember, yeah, because, like, I always wish, like, I always want to, but I just, I never, I just can't. Like, if something starts to go down, like, what, what Matt's going to talk about, I'll, I'll speak <laughs> up a bit. But, um, but yeah, I remember even just like, remember yeah. at the very end of the movie, and the, there was a guy, a couple rows up, that was even like, there, you can go on your phone now. Because yeah, he yeah. was like fueled by what you said. Yeah, you yeah. know, that was, that was funny. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I, you know what? I only got that courage to do that after Devin. Like, so that we was, went to see, I think, Star Wars. Oh, I thought that was it. A Star Wars or Guardians of the Galaxy? It was I can't remember. I, for, I but, yeah, but yeah, and like, yeah, it was a great moment. Yeah, Devin was just like, "Turn off your goddamn phone!" <laughs> or so something. loud, like, yeah, like <laughs> so loud, and like, you know, like, I think, uh, I, I, I think I remember people like actually clapping, like, <laughs> okay, yeah, this guy, like. Like man, just just respect it's it. Like, respect. Like it's not your living room. It's not your living room. In your living room, pull your phone out whenever yeah. the fuck you want. I, don't care. I p- we paid good money to go see this movie. It's an experience. Just let us live it. Like, yeah. Anyway, what 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 is you? What happened? <laughs> so, <laughs> two movies that I went to with Kyle. I have been vocal at because I have a low threshold for spending money on a movie. Yeah. Especially during a pandemic and we're all trying to enjoy ourselves the best we can with the confines that we have to operate within. And one of the basic requirements, and I'm sorry, is that you just stay in your goddamn seat. The seat that you were assigned when you buy the ticket. Yeah. Well, we go to see Antlers, a horror movie, uh, which was good. Mm -hmm. That was good. Um, And so we get there and Kyle gets there before me and we sit down and there's just like a row of teenagers. Now, I was You're a teen. You're going to sound very old man And I was a teen once, and I went to movies like Antlers and like No Country for Old Men. It was Men. a late show, too. And, yeah. you know, and I was like considered maybe a younger one and like a movie like Road to Perdition, you know, a younger person there, but I respected my environment. Yeah. And I'm there for the movie. That's it. Right? Not on my phone, walking back and forth, changing seats, throwing popcorn back and forth at each other. This is before the real previews start, like before the lights go down and the real previews come on. You're watching the car ads. You're watching the Cineplex guy talk to you about (laughs) movies and stuff like that. And so Kyle and I are like, fuck. I said, okay. So when it actually starts. The movie. When the movie starts. That's that's when I will shut it down. that stuff. I'm yeah. still annoyed, but I'll give you. I'll give you yeah. the previews. Yeah. Now, Antlers is our second run-in. So, Antlers, I, I it wasn't as bad as our Candyman run-in, but um, but Antlers, yeah, when 
It was just the right time. The lights go down. The bullshit car ads come on. The um, the movie trailers stop. The kids have like kind of quieted down, but they've they're still like they're walking still back and moving, forth yeah. and still fucking around. And like anyway, the the screen comes on and says, as a kind reminder, remember to stay in your assigned seat. And they're literally walking around. Mm-hmm. And that's when I go, sit down and shut your mouths. <laughs> Like, I thought it was like the rock and it stopped. Yeah. For the most part. For the most part. I then went for a pee because I have a weak bladder. And I go (laughs) talk to the usher in the aisle. I said, I don't know who's looking after antlers, but there's a row of kids fucking around. (laughs) Yeah, that's a perfect, what, like, perfect thing to say. They're just just walking around. around. They're on their phones. They're throwing popcorn at each other. We've already said something to them. Do you mind just hanging out for a couple minutes? Yeah, no problem. Yes, sir. Oh, I know. Exactly. No, 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 no. The guy was okay. good. He had like full sleeve tats. He was like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And he like, <laughs> he walked the aisle. He did that. He like checked them out a couple times. And then like, you know, and they actually behave themselves. I just always, whenever anyone says like the usher from the movie theater, I just picture the redhead guy with the freckles from like the Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. Yeah. But not not this guy tonight. So anyway, he okay. got it. So the other run-in was Candyman. We go to see Candyman. This was the worst. And we're all, this is like fresh back from the pandemic. First movie to reopen the theater. Kyle and I are super pumped to get A, to see Candyman that's been delayed for a year. And B, to get back in the movie theater. Hmm. So here we are. We're like, fuck, man, this is going to be great. One person in our aisle, a few people behind us. All of a sudden, we see the kids come. And yeah, the, like my, our age showed. So they sit in the road directly behind us, which according to yeah. the rules was a no-no. Right away, you knew they weren't in the right seat because the social distancing was in effect. Is like, yeah. so see, the rows were spaced. Complete rows were blacked out at that point. It was yeah. not the circle thing they do now. It was like just... Every second row was where you sat. So yep. we knew right away. It was like, oh. Yeah. And they're like five people deep. They're they're too close to the person that's sitting in our row further down. Mm. And they're just there eating their popcorn. They're not really doing anything too bad, but they're there and they're not supposed to be there. Everyone knows this. The usher comes in and just flags them right away. Like just knows right away. Like you're not supposed to be there. And she says like, you guys have to get to your seat. Let me see your tickets and stuff like that. And the guy sitting more close to you is just sitting there staring straight ahead, eating his popcorn, pretending to be too cool for school. Yeah. And she's like, you need to move your seat. He goes, I know. And then Kyle turns around and goes, why are you sitting there? If you know, (laughs) then why are you sitting there? And he goes, I know. Uh, Yeah. So then he gets up and his friends go to like the aisle, the broken aisle section of seats. And he sits there. In front of us, like a couple rows ahead. And I was like, why aren't you sitting with your friends? He's like, because we bought tickets at a different time. I was like, let me see your ticket. (laughs) Who am I? Really? Who am I? And he hands the ticket and I look at it and I'm like, well, why aren't you just sitting with your friends at this point? Right? (laughs) That's amazing. It was like, you actually asked the guy for his ticket? (laughs) He handed it to me. That's amazing. And I asked for it. And then they kept on, they gave you glares the rest of the They gave me glares, but they they did behave themselves because they knew, they knew if the guy is sitting down (laughs) to watch a movie has asked for your ticket (laughs) more so than the usher. (laughs) You're not fucking around. I I don't don't want you here. This is my house. It's my house. (laughs) 
<laughs> it really is. It was, yeah. yeah. That's like, awesome. Ping Kong ain't got nothing on me. This is our, that was, that was our time. That was our movie. That was our be. time. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh my God. <laughs> time for Top Movies of 2021. Now, I talked about this with Kyle in the car. And one of my picks, and I'll talk about it right now. Hmm? It's kind of controversial. It has multiple release dates, depending hmm. on where you are in the world. And the movie is called St. Maud. Hmm. Now, it is obviously a horror movie, as I'm going to pick. But in terms of nostalgia, I, I will be nostalgic for this movie in years to come. Because it's one of those movies that was just so fresh feeling. And it's quick. It's punchy. It has a good flow to it. Um, but in terms of what it reminds me of is movies like The Exorcist. Movies that have that occult kind of supernatural uh, above us mm-hmm. kind of presence. And... This movie takes that and spins it 180 and almost presents it as, here's someone who believes very highly in what's above, but is suffering some, from some mental health issues. So how can, that, how can that go wrong in a horror movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, this movie is very good, like I said, in terms of its pacing. There's no, there's no real dull moments in it. It's all part of the story right up until the very end. And I mean, the very, very end. I was going to say like the last shot of, I mean, it's not a spoiler, but it's a, it's a gut punch, you know? Yeah. The last uh, shot is pretty impressive. And also it, it's it, what, like, like you said, the movie's only from her, it, it's like only from her point of view, really. Yeah. So it's that, I like the idea of like, you're trying, all you can see is like her perception. So you're trying to piece everything together little bits of information that you can get like when she meets her old friends like out at the bar at one point and like they're talking to her like oh and like they're t- talking about her past and you're like okay you're like, trying to like these little pieces that kind of like fit this bigger puzzle when you finally yeah. realize what's going on it's like it's obviously already too late for her in a way and it's like yeah. it's pretty intense yeah and 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 really the climax the the payoff at the end of the day at the end of the movie you've realized that this has been presented by an unreliable narrator <laughs> yeah that's true yeah and, and Reality it's like comes the uh, very last in, shot. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's the movie. <laughs> huh, interesting. But, and it's only like 80-something minutes yeah, or something? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a slasher mm. uh, length. But it's uh, it's a very cool horror movie. And, and, and maybe this will be like a new style of horror movies to come. But like we've talked about in the past, and we love like Hereditary and uh, Get Out and Us. These are not so much horror movies as they are really, really dark stories presented through a horror movie frame. But they're not using necessarily the traditional horror movie elements. They're telling a really meaningful story with really impactful performances and score. So it's almost like they're taking what we love that's been discredited and then amping it up to something that's quote unquote respectable. Mm -hmm. Um, This is one of those movies where it's a little more cerebral and uh, really inspired. So I recommend St. Maude and that is my pick for 2021 because it came out in uh, the U S February. February or February. It was, uh, yeah, because so what happened was, wasn't it at, it was at Sundance. It was originally released in 2019. Yeah. And it, and it was a huge hit at the festival. Yeah. Then it was supposed to be released in 2020. Things all went to shit, of course. <laughs> they finally rolled it out digitally. Yeah. In 2021. Worth it. I'll Worth say 2021. It. I'll give you that. Well, yeah, 20, yeah. And when we it's when you experienced it too. It's yeah, like, exactly. We're not gonna, oh, okay, good point. Yeah. Oh, I was a little it's still 2021. 
Yeah. Okay. Anyway, St. Maude. That's my pick. Nice. Nice. What you got? Who wants to Me? go now? Uh, Let's go, John. So mine's going a completely different route. Mine's actually a documentary. Um, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was going to show up. I know it. No, you don't. I guarantee you, you don't. Okay, I guess I don't. Um, just the tip. Just the tip. Um, my, so mine was like, I don't know, man. It 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 hit me different. Um, so when I was, uh, you know, mid to late nineties. You know, I was a massive fan. I uh, like. I'm not into sports whatsoever. Not into like any like to nowadays. But back in the mid to late '90s, I was a massive fan of Formula One racing. Oh, cool! Massive fan of Formula One racing, and it all actually came down to um, the fact that there was a Canadian driver, Jacques Villeneuve, who. Like, you know, the only Canadian to ever win the F1 title, like uh, anyone, I think it was in 1997. But his biggest rival was uh, the driver for Ferrari, Michael Schumacher. So this year, the documentary came out about Michael Schumacher. And I, for years, I, I actually kind of, I, you know, he was, he, was the, he was the rival. I didn't like him, all of this kind of stuff. Um, but... A number of years ago, Michael Schumacher was actually in a skiing accident uh, in the Swiss Alps and is now basically like one, probably actually the best or greatest Formula One driver ever to live. He won five years in a row. Um, like t- 1998 to 2003, and then won another uh, m- number of times. Um, so yeah, he was in a skiing accident in the Swiss Alps and is basically um, a vegetable now. Um, so the documentary came out, um, this year and just watching it, you know, it, it, it never actually shows him nowadays. He's basically, you know, in like bedridden in a, in a hospital bed, but man, it like, it, it really like hit me. I don't know. It hit me hard. Like that, you know, someone who had, you know, such a, a crazy talent and who was so good at what he did and who was this rival of some uh, of, of my preferred formula one driver who I detested for so many years, but then watching this documentary and seeing his family and seeing his friends and seeing his life and how he grew up all to be just taken away because, you know, he basically fell down and hit his head while he was skiing. And that was it. Like he, he, he will never, you know, walk again. He will never drive again. He will, it meant it hit me in a different way. So it just really connected back to my, my youth and having that, you sure. know, every fucking Sunday morning uh, or second Sunday morning, cause it yeah. was every two weeks during the formula one season. I was up at sometimes three o'clock in the morning to watch these races. If they're taking place from mm. like Australia or, you that's know, incredible. yeah. So yeah, that was, that, that, that's my pick. It's just a really, really good documentary. What's it called really, again? It's called Schumacher. Schumacher. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah never heard yeah, of it. Yeah. I have zero experience with rape. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, there was that documentary that came out, um, uh, or ten, I forget, but about Senna. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a great one too, man, yeah. because he was like, uh, I mean, if, if Ayrton Senna had a stayed, uh, like had not have passed away, um, or been killed in a, in an accident on, at, at a track, um, he probably would have gone on to be the greatest, like, wow. you know, the most winning, um, you know, uh, formula one driver, but yeah, like Schumacher just, you know, he had a winning team with Ferrari. It was, you know, and he was just, just had this innate ability to be able to pilot a car at, you know, 300 miles an hour around a fucking track. Like, and yeah, it's just, it is really good, man. I like, 
I kind of started getting back into even following now Formula One like stats, sure. like because of that. I'm like, man, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Like, but yeah, it was a it was a big part of my life for a couple of years. So wow. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Case was. What, do, what documentary did you think I was going to say? I thought it was going to be Get Back. Oh, I mean, <laughs> that's. I, I, I guess wanna, I don't want to spoil, but that's that's also. Oh, okay. Okay. On I guess you wouldn't list. consider that. Okay. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. That's not a movie. Okay. No. But I got anyway. you. I know what you're. I know. I put. I get what you're putting down. Or what's it? Don't, I, I'm picking don't up what you're putting you down. Up? I'm yeah, picking you up what down? you're putting down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm picking it up like it has handles on it. Um, Don't okay. you two see that you love each other? Oh my god! I'm just gonna grab it. Do you want to, or do you got yours? I, I've got mine. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Actually, yeah, grab me the Leviathan that's in there. The the ten percent. Also, a great album by Mastodon. I knew one you of my would perfect like it. albums. One of your perfect albums. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Crack the sky Crack is the sky my is favorite. Well, yeah. Crack the sky is my favorite Mastodon. Dun, dun. Man, what is it? Paratrooper and yeah. man, that is yeah. Tough. It grew, it it grows body hair. Oh yeah, is that the one where it's like between heaven and earth, wisdom <laughs> in the north or something? Yeah. That song is so fucking good. Just everything they make is tough right away. <laughs> tough, yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, all right, shit. Well, you guys only did one. I got a couple I got to roll through oh, here. Oh, I got a couple. I think we're, go- we're going around, aren't we? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, we're, we're, we're going, around. going around and around. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, then, and then I'll just do like, we'll, let's just do like really quick, like honorable mention back to back. Okay, so we're, you want okay, so you want to do best right now. Just do your favorite right now, and yeah. then we'll just kind of like okay. qu- quickly list things. All right. So yeah. when um, uh, remember when I when you said you were giving me hints on what yours was going to be, and I was like, I know I know it's either one of two because mine's one of them, hmm. and so you said one. You said the one that's not my pick, obviously. Yep. Uh, and and it's probably going to gonna, this one's probably going to be my next one. We talked about it before. Uh, it's definitely my favorite horror film of the year. It's uh, I think it was released in 2021. Uh, anyways, it's a British psychological horror film directed oh, yeah. by Prano Bailey Bond, and it's called Censor. It is. And so we've talked good. a lot about Censor, but we did a whole it deals with, I like how it deals with, I mean, on a nostalgic sense, and also like an unreliable narrator sense, deals with a woman who is dealing with things from her past that she can't kind of reconcile uh, and that she can't like really get over. Uh, and it's also like this dark kind of underground detective-ish kind of story where she's trying to make sense of something that she just needs to like, I don't know, figure out. But yeah. uh, so the main character is a film censor who is in the kind of video nasties panic. That is a true thing that happened in the, um, the eighties, the early eighties involving obscene material, horror films and in like the UK politics and law got involved in their censorship. And she's so she's a film censor, but She's also dealing with like the disappearance of her sister at a very young age, uh, and she, and when she's watching a film that she has to review for her job, she thinks that she sees her what she thinks is her sister, her long lost sister. So she goes on like this odyssey, this like dark underground quest this, to like, find her sister. Eight millimeter hunt, and it's, it is like eight millimeter, and it's grimy and it's dark and it's it goes to really weird places. Where at the end, very much like Saint Maud, her mind is completely. You don't even really know what's real and what's fake yeah. anymore. And it's just, I don't know. It's in terms of mood, in terms of um, uh, like the vibe it was trying to create, the setting um, that it did create. Uh, I mean, I, there's a, no better horror experience for me in 2021. I loved Sensor. Like, yeah. I loved it. Nice. Uh, it, it was so good. Yeah. So that, that leads me into my next 
Mm-hmm. Part, part, part of that was that uh, was sensor. So that was my next uh, pick that I would have discussed. But sensor to me, much like you had said, you know, like there are nostalgic elements within it. Mm. Um, not only being in a previous time period, 1985 is the year that it's set in, but the movie looks like it was filmed in 1985 mm-hmm. because they actually sourced equipment to be of the the era cool. um, right down to the aesthetic of the video store boxes that they created for like the fake movies yeah, yeah. that they were reviewing which were clearly supposed to be you know um tributes to like cannibal holocaust and the evil dead and mm. and like these were all things that you're like oh my god like this this is this a real movie mm-hmm. right up until the end even for me there was a there's a body horror element mm-hmm. right at the end uh very videodrome-esque <laughs> and you know, very similar to Videodrome in, in the sense that, you know, it's blurring the line of reality and television. And what's the line that, uh, what's, what's the professor's oh, yeah. name? Television is the retina of the mind's eye. Yeah, yeah. If television is reality, the reality is less than television. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You seen Videodrome, John? No. Damn. You would love it. Yeah. Yeah, you'd love that. I, like, I, I'm so just useless when it comes to like oh, yeah no. a lot of like horror movies and that yeah. kind of stuff right? but but this is this is what i was saying with same mod was that these are new horror movies that have this new approach to telling stories like yeah. they're horrific stories using horror elements but they're not trying to be a horror movie they're telling a meaningful and impactful yeah. story and this one much like saint mod maybe this is the theme of all of these like new age horror movies is that the horror is actually in the mind it's mental health mm. and there is something to be said about that with both my both of these picks that, that i'm talking Damn, that's interesting yeah um so for others to say now this one's kind of a cheat this is a series but it's film and it came out on netflix mm-hmm. and it's right up my alley for nostalgia <laughs> and it's based off of a novel series by the famed goosebumps writer hmm. rl stein and it's fear street oh yes yes and yes. what i really liked about fear street they did 1994, 1984, and then 1666. So what they they're they're telling, you know, the 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 adaptation of the novels of of R.L. Stein's. Now, I didn't read those back in the day, but mm-hmm. I my, you know, those are iconic. R.L. Stein being iconic of our childhood with being a Goosebumps writer and like that child novelist that spooked you. Uh, when I saw these come out, I saw, well, you know, it's got half the cast from like Stranger Things is like sporadic throughout and even um, uh, Maya Hawk is in it, you know, uh, Ethan Hawk, Uma Thurman's hmm. daughter's in it. Mm-hmm. But what I really liked about the 1994 Fear Street was a kill in it. And, that, and I was really, really impressed with the gore of it. And I didn't know that it was going to get as gory as it was. Did you, either of you see Fear Street? Mm-mm. Nope. You would appreciate this, Kyle. Uh, if anyone has ever seen the movie Intruder, in mm-hmm. it's the... Um, the grocery store slasher movie of the 80s with uh, with Ted and Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell acting. And the guy from Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Uh, I don't that, know his name. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it reminds me of a kill that would have existed in, <clears throat> in Intruder. And it's a head through a bread slicer. Like a... <laughs> 
And it, I was really impressed that Netflix went that far and showed it. Didn't didn't do like a cheap cut. Like it went full on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the 1994 portion of Fear Street kills aside, it felt like Wes Craven's Scream. The framing, the way that he tilted the camera and stuff like that from Scream, like to focus in on somebody mm. like that felt like Scream. They were doing that in 1994 Fear Street, which also brings me to my last point. I haven't seen it yet, but Scream, obviously we're, we're, we're just came out. It's just interesting how we can talk about nostalgia and still new movies come out to spark our nostalgia because they're relying on they really, the, yeah. the fans to continue yeah, to support exactly, it. Yeah. Like you're wearing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre shirt. They're about to put out a series. I hope, I hope that's good. See, and 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 that's the thing is that you know a fan of fan of Halloween, me, Michael Myers, I was not let down with Halloween Kills. I have seen far worse horror movies, hmm. and people are just so vocal because truly, I think they were bored and they wanted something to be mad about. Now, I understand the point of why some people did not like. Halloween kills, but I don't see that any worse than some of the other movies that they said nothing about. I think it's it's just it's, there's certain franchises and movies they it's held to a higher standard in a way. So people expect more of it. And I think that's the problem. Sure. So and when it comes out and it's it really was to me it was kind of mediocre. I liked all the the throwback flashback stuff. That was brilliant and amazingly done, but like how they executed like the last half of Halloween kills to me just wasn't I just wasn't into it at all. But listen, at the end of the day, I'm not saying it's a perfect movie. I'm also not saying it was a fantastic movie. Yeah. I just said it wasn't as bad. But I think that's what you're saying. Like people are so vocal about it because they want it to be good so yeah. much. Like you better believe if that chainsaw movie comes out and it's like, I, I just, I have such high expectations for it. Like I'm going to be the first one to be like this fucking, I can't believe how bad this yeah, stuff yeah. when it might not even be that bad. Yeah, know? sure. But, but also too, when we're talking about franchises, they put a lot of stock into a movie into it's like 12th or 13th sequel. Like, no, you, you got to give it up at some point, folk. Yeah, oh no, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like just like, I think maybe it's because of like people that were disappointed with, you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. Which I actually kind of like. Yeah, but it comes down, it's personal opinion, right? It it is personal opinion. Like, there's a lot of bad shit that I enjoy that I know that a lot of people don't like. Mm. Like, and it's in, in, I never, like, I, I, I always take like Metacritic or Rotten Tomato reviews with a grain of salt because sure. you know what? I don't know what that person's, you know, uh, experiences with movies or what they like and all of this kind of stuff. Exactly. I might fucking enjoy it. And exactly. you know what? Fuck it. Like, but just, there you go. It's, it's taken with a grain of salt. We were talking about this in the car, not mentioning names. But when somebody, depending on their point and taste, in something recommends something to you you're already aware of their position on certain yeah. things that you're like okay if it's their recommendation i'll take it for what it is. yeah but the, 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 so i trust you both of your guys's recommendations so much that if you're like watch this or check this out listen to this i'll fucking give it a chance because sure. i know that you know on some you know vein we're we've got similar tastes and, you know, similar stuff, mm-hmm. even though, you know, we don't like the exact same thing mm-hmm. for everything. Right. But, yeah. t- you know, I would trust your recommendations for anything. So thank you. Yeah. I'll edit a lot of that, but nonetheless. Yeah. No, that was <laughs> really good. Yeah. Yeah. Censor. Yeah. Censor. 
Sensor, <laughs> sensor. <laughs> no, sensor, Fear Street, and Halloween Kills are yeah. my other like nostalgic tie-ins. Sweet. Oh, for no, for nostalgia purposes, though, the Halloween Kills is amazing. No, I agree with you there. So like it so just a, just one last thing about that. <laughs> I think I think what works for me about those movies is that it's it's well produced and it's effective with what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it meets your expectation, that's on you. But when I'm watching it, I feel nostalgic. Mm-hmm. It gives me those yes, vibes okay. of yeah. being like, oh, okay, because yeah. like I get to see the monster on screen in my adult years as opposed to being a kid, but I feel like a kid again when I'm getting those chills of like, ooh, here he comes. And, and you know, so I got that like same feeling from like the new Ghostbusters movie. Like I didn't think that it was an amazing, it was not an amazing movie by any sense. It, it really It wasn't, but. <laughs> I finally saw it the other day. I, I enjoyed it. Like I still liked it. And I still, I, I liked the end where, you know, like Dan Aykroyd and, you know, um, Bill Murray and God Ernie damn it, Ernie Hudson, <laughs> Fox. Oh, I've smoked entirely the, too much weed. And the ghost of Harold. And the Ramis. ghost of Harold Ramis. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, and, and 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 I guess I guess I didn't mention it, but yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife was again, it was fun. Yeah, it's not. It, it, it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's not. It's not. You know, canon necessarily. No, no, no. Man, when Paul Rudd turned into the gatekeeper, the keymaster, or whatever, that he was pretty funny when yeah. he was running around all crazy with his like tattered shirt yeah. and stuff. That was well, I didn't cool. know what to think of it at first, but then I realized, wait, this is Ghostbusters. Like, it's supposed to be funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think we've had this discussion before, yeah. and I think so. Like, I, I, I watched. I think it was. Um, uh, YouTube uh, nerdstalgic or something like that, where he basically explained like why the 2016 version of Ghostbusters was a complete flop. So the original Ghostbusters movies were a comedy movie with a horror element mm-hmm. to it, right? And the 2016, or, or no, sorry, it was a horror movie with a comedy element to it, and the 2016 version was a comedy movie with a horror element to yeah. it. And this one kind of flipped, I think, back to the it was, you know, there a were a dramatic story. It was dramatic story. Then it just had just those hints of humor that that yeah. that fit right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I agree. And yes, it, it's not going to go down in books mm. as a, a great movie, uh, but for Ghostbuster fans and a part oh, of the yeah. Ghostbuster universe with all of these years lapsed in between, yeah, it's it served its purpose yeah. and it and it was fun. So. Yeah, great references, like a lot of just fun, like yeah. little even like musical cues and. Um, yeah, and uh, just the you know seeing the proton pack and the traps and just all that stuff again yeah. it was great. Ecto one and yeah, they get know. To, he gets Ecto one moving again and yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything else from? Yeah, I mean, um, I, so like I, I didn't watch a whole ton of movies this year. I you know I, I it was mostly actually television shows, uh, but one one of them that actually kind of called back to my love of these types of movies and actually like you mentioned future nostalgia looking forward to mm-hmm. um you know a, 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 actually a television series in this vein was uh, it, it came out on netflix it was called the forgotten battle and it's actually a world war ii like you know movie about uh, a battle that happened in uh in zealand in like dutch you know in that area Anyway, great fucking movie. Very reminiscent of Band of Brothers, The Pacific, you know, um, Saving Private Ryan, and just really like, uh, I, I, 
I had a grandfather who was in World War II. He told me just tons and tons and tons of stories. So I always kind of grew up with that stuff um, and just always really enjoyed, you know, learning about that. Just kind of called back to that, but then also made me really, really excited because there is a new series coming out this year called Masters of the Air from Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks about um, a bomber crew during World War II, like flying, uh, you know, bombing missions in the Pacific, I do believe. They love their war epic. They love their war epics. And man, like it, it just got me so stoked for that because it was, you know, I think since, you know, obviously Spielberg and, you know, set like basically, you know, any any World War II movie, I think before Saving Private Ryan was, you know, there's there's definitely ones that are really good, but he set the bar for like, okay, this is realistic. This yeah, is what did. it should look like. And then you get like, you know, Band of Brothers, The Pacific, mm. and basically almost every war movie after that trying to emulate, you know, this style of, you know, desaturated, you know, uh, I don't, they filmed with like, what, 180 degree shutter. So it gave things a very you know, sharp, like, you know, there isn't a whole lot of motion blur and all of this kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. And so a lot of things are being filmed like that. And that's what this Forgotten Battle was kind of just like. Wow. It was really, really good. Um, I honestly don't know any of the fucking actors that were in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know who directed it, but it was really entertaining and I, I really enjoyed it. Well, you sold me. It, I'm yeah. not a war genre yeah. fan per se. That's, see, like, I, I find those types of movies more terrifying than... A typical horror movie, sure. like yeah. it's it's that uh, that almost that like guttural feeling of like that you know if you were born fifty or hundred years ago that could be you mm. like in that it particular situation it, it very much would have been as like a seventeen um, year old as a seventeen year old or eighteen year old twenty year old like I'm just being kind of in that man and like so I I mean I read a lot of books about like you know World War Two and all of that kind of stuff and it just really it really those, those kind of things just kind of resonate with me a lot more than like the the horror movies and i find like yeah that kind of i i enjoy that kind of like you know level of brutality and gore and all of that kind of stuff that goes along with that so yeah really some of those war epics are definitely oh god yeah i mean yeah. like you know see so getting limbs blown off and all of this maybe a little stuff. too visceral like too sur- like it, like real it <clears throat> is like so maybe that's like so like your guys is like you know love of horror is like okay that could happen but it's like you know Probably not. Probably not. But like, you know, not seeing someone's leg getting fucking blown off by a landmine, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the, yeah. the, I think maybe that's the thing is I know that that happened. Like that actually happened. Good point. The crazy thing is, so like, um, I like watched, you know, a lot of like World War II documentaries and that stuff. And some weird thing that always happens in my brain is you see a shot of like, you know, soldiers riding on the back of a tank and that stuff. I'm like, I wonder if that guy made it. I wonder if that person actually in that middle of that script, I wonder if they made it. Like, did they, did they survive? Like that, that's a weird fucking mind fuck thing mm-hmm. is when you're watching those old documentaries. Did, did they, did they get through? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Anyway, on to you, Kyle. All right. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not to bring the whole room down. Well, this is what's, I'm, I'm going to fit two movies, my last two movies into one. Because sure. when I think back to 2021, um, especially one of the things that I most love to do, uh, and, and that now we kind of take for granted because we can't do it as much or don't have the capacity to do it like we used to, is just go to the movie. Yep. And so I'm going to talk about the greatest night at the movies I had in 2021. And it was with both of you. Oh, so and what's great about this night at the film, the Atlantic Film Fest was uh, they were both French films. 
uh, both released in 2021. One is the sweetest, most heartfelt, most nostalgic trip for a ch- like a childhood story you could ever imagine. It was called Petit Mama. Ah, not the um, one that we went to. <laughs> no, I, uh, no, I didn't, no, I didn't go with this one. I met up with you guys later, but I went to see this first. <laughs> Uh, and it was directed by Celine Schiama, who made uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And it's about a little girl that ventures into the woods of her mother's childhood home in the backyard and ends up meeting her mother as a child. Like, it's a weird fantasy kind of movie. And it like, speaks to that, like, I wonder what my mom was like as a kid or like, hmm. would we like each other? Would we be best friends? Or hmm. what did she do? What did she, how did she like to play? And uh, she's dealing with the loss of her grandmother at the time. And it's just this weird 80 minute movie that they made during the pandemic, I guess. And uh, it's just really sweet and just like, just full of these like nice, quiet, like beautiful kind of childlike moments. Hmm. I don't know. It was just beautiful. What a departure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So then we go, because you were talking about grotesque and we talked about horror movies. Now I'm just going to go, we're just going to go straight to the most what the fuck movie of the year. And it's called Titan or Titan, I guess. Uh, I would Titanium? say Titan. Yeah, yeah directed Titan. by Julia Ducournau. Ducournau, she made a movie called Raw, which I loved about oh, a girl that, that goes, to uni- act- goes to university and discovers she likes, she's a cannibal and she mm-hmm. likes blood, the taste of raw meat. But anyway, <laughs> so this one is about a woman who has like a, it's like a sexual awakening with a f- car fetish and then she meets up with- But she's a, also a serial killer. Then she meets up with a father who uh, is trying to cope with the loss of his own child and it's, it's fucked, man. It was yeah. messed. And it, but it was like, when I think about going to the movies with yeah. like a bunch of people, like that just, that was a great night. And it, was, it was. and it, it was fun. Yeah. I just remember walking out and being like, Wow. There was one too many car fucking scenes in that movie. <laughs> yeah. I can take one, yeah. not two. Yeah. I remember um, it was, this isn't a spoiler too, because this is like literally the first two minutes of the movie. Um, the movie starts with a little girl in the backseat of a car and she's humming along to the sound of the end. Her dad's like driving down the, the highway or something. She's humming along to the engine, revving up and going down, revving up and going down. She's insane. The dad's like annoyed with her and he's like, stop it. And he turns and he gets distracted and they get into a huge crash. Then it's like cut to her in the hospital and she has like things all around her and metal plates. They put metal plates in her head and she walks out of the hospital and she embraces the car in like a hug and like starts to kiss the car. And then Titan comes on across the screen. I just, I was, remember I looked over at you guys. I was like, oh my fuck. Like, what yeah, are we about to watch? We're in for a ride. Yeah. 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 And we were, and we could not have prepared for what we watched that night. But like, even in terms of just like style and color but and yeah, music, beautiful. visually stunning. Yeah. Like, like the way it was shot, the, the yeah, lighting. She's like dancing like, on the car. Remember in that like auto show, yeah, yeah. underground club she's in? and Kind of like a Fast and Furious yeah. kind of like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. like like and- like foggy, like you know, you can see the beams of light through stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it was-, was very dark, um, but actually kind of beautiful in the sense that it was like it actually created created a a relationship between yeah. a person and an inanimate object. Yeah, and also speaking to your love of body horror, a lot of yeah. good body horror in that movie. Oh, man, that the, the yeah the last, last especially oh, yeah, the, the very, yeah, yeah yeah. But yeah, no, it was fucked. Yeah, but it was, amazing. It was yeah. I actually out, thought shout out to Titan. Yeah, seriously, fucked in a good way because, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. well, she she definitely got. Anyway, <laughs> um, but no, I when I went to the so, so again another sidebar. I went to the new Spider Man the mm-hmm. other night. Now that was released officially in 2021, last couple of weeks of December, um, and it was great because mm. it did it did inspire me to say maybe we should do a top superhero movie mm-hmm. someday yeah. um but when i was walking the 
the aisle like to go to the movie, the Teton poster was there. That's funny. And I thought, man, I haven't thought of that since I saw it because it was so shocking that I was like, once was enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is one of those and, movies. But at the same time, I, I left I left Spider-Man, loving it. Great movie. Good ending. Solid. And then I saw the poster. I was like, kind of want to watch that again. Kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just because it was so crazy. You yeah. know, and you well, want to you you experience what you missed because you're so distracted with true. like, oh. Yeah. And I did see it on some lists. And honestly, I was thinking for sure. Like, I was like, I kind of want to watch that again. Maybe too. Like, I don't know if I'll be nostalgic for that movie. No, 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 no. No. But if you're talking about things that stand out from movies that you experienced firsthand in 2021, yeah, I'm surprised we didn't say Titan, but like all three of us, because that that if you want to talk about a movie that stood out to you, that was an experience where we all went, whoa, afterwards. Yeah, that was a WTF. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Where are we at for time on this? Okay. You, you want me to split? You know what I could do? I could split these up into like do uh, one episode just on movies and then one episode on yeah. everything else. Yeah. I mean, oh, if you want to, yeah. And we are like in. I guess still got another movie. Yeah. Oh, feel free to want. cut as much out as you want. Jeez, go for it. You guys don't got any more movies? I know. I, <laughs> well, I mean, the I rest of mine is actually like, like television yeah, shows. No, I'm just joking. This mine is tele- don't be TV. So upset with me. I watched way more TV this year than I did like movies. Yeah, I got some TV. Are we going to do TV or do you want to you want to yeah, split TV, TV up? I only have a couple. I, I only have see, two. I watched way more. I only have two TV. I have like a bunch, but anyway. Yeah. But yeah, another another one that I, I'm surprised. Actually, I don't know if you've seen it. I know you've seen it because I went to see it with you. Um, but another one stood out, and this is this speaks to nostalgia. It's a reboot, not re, not a remake. Reboot, uh, Candyman. Yep, oh, I didn't see it. It was good because, like, like, like what we were talking about with Halloween and Ghostbusters. Yeah, like peppered with really good references and really, really faithful to the source material. Mm. That it was like, as a fan of Candyman from the '90s, sure, um, it, man, it really was a good time. It and really it, was, and it was a good movie. At, at like great lead performance, I forget his name right now, but he was awesome. He's the third of whatever he w- he. The third. He's like, a. The third. Oh, he actually is. Oh, okay, crazy. Um, but yeah, great. Like update. Um, almost a sequel. I would say it's it is. It's like remember what Halloween 2018 did, where even the filmmakers were like, don't care about any of the other sequels. It's Halloween one. And then it's Halloween 2018. This one, I know there's like Farewell to the Flesh and there's different Candymans, but it's just like, just think of it as Candyman and then Candyman 2021. And it's it, it really works. Yeah, It really, it really does. does. And that was their intent. Yeah. Was not just be a reboot, but what if you sped ahead? Mm-hmm. Where does the urban legend yeah. currently stand yeah. 20, in a different era? 20 years later. Yeah. 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 And it worked. It was really good. Yeah. And, you know. Unfortunately, uh, you know, and after watching a lot of YouTubers out there, they brought up the point that there's a lot of voices online about woke culture, and it's very upsetting at the same time because this movie's not as 2021 woke because it was this woke back in 1992. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's talking about the same Black Lives Matter discussion. Hmm. Back in 1992, as it was in 2021. Interesting. So you know there is there is a lot of that looming over the film in terms of interpretation and society after watching it. Hmm. But as a horror fan, my God, it was so cool because it was produced by Jordan Peele, who's yeah. you know a respected horror writer and and director at this point. Gave you those great set pieces, like you yeah, know, like the art gallery and apartment. It was the, very cool. Yeah. Very stylistic, very cool. Yeah. You, you know, it, it reminds me of um, who who directed it? Um, 
Nia da Costa. Nia da Costa had a lot of um, that uh, Renfrent kind of uh, kind of uh, approach, like um, Drive, Neon Demon, mm. dark with the neon, mm. dark with Big one con- light source coming Big from contrast of colors. Yeah, 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 and 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 I really enjoyed that. And there were moments in that where you kind of felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Either and, and it might have been due to now that I think about it, lack of soundtrack. Yeah, that's true. Buzzing of bees. Yeah, and also when he's like scraping on the wounds on his face and stuff, it's like, oh, stop some, picking it, stop picking gross. it. I know <laughs> it's gonna get infected. Happy New Year! I hope your 2022 is just as exciting as your 2021. Um, but nonetheless, we're ready for it. So let's make the most of it. Be kind. Download podcasts and listen to us. Cheers. 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 Go balls deep. (laughs) (laughs) So with that being said, for Nostalgic Podcast, I'm Kyle saying, now I must shed innocent blood. (laughs) And I'm Matt for Nostalgic Podcast saying, people think I create the horror, but I don't. Horror is already out there in all of us. It's in you. And I'm John from Nostalgic Podcast saying, I got absolutely nothing. Hey! Nostalgic out!